Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. This week, I am really excited to be talking all about hair care and how hair care is actually skin care. And some people may not realize this, but dermatologists are not only experts at skin conditions, but that also includes hair and nail issues as well. Joining me today is Dr. Iris Rubin who is a Harvard-trained dermatologist and founder of Scene, which is a luxury hair care brand that's science-backed and mission-driven. And I love that it is the only hair care company out there that is led by a dermatologist. Dr. Rubin received her undergraduate degree with honors from Stanford University and her medical degree from Harvard Medical School. She completed her dermatology residency at the University of Chicago, followed by Harvard Medical School and a laser surgery fellowship at Massachusetts General Hospital and Wellman Center for Photomedicine. Prior to launching her hair and skincare company, Scene, Dr. Rubin was medical director of the Vascular Laser Surgery Program at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., and a practicing dermatologist at Massachusetts General Hospital. I'm so excited to have Dr. Rubin here with us today to help shed some light on how taking care of your hair not only makes for beautiful hair, but also beautiful skin. All right, let's dive in. Dr. Rubin, thanks so much for being here. Oh, yes, Dr. Mina, it's so exciting. I love that your podcast is having dermatologists out there as leading voices. So this is exciting to be here with you. Well, thank you. So I've introduced you to my audience ahead of time in the intro, but can you just, in a few words, tell us about yourself and what you do? Sure. I am a Harvard-trained dermatologist and actually never in a million years thought that I would create a product line, but I, myself, in my 30s, I've always been acne-prone, but I was getting a lot of acne, which I actually traced back to, in my case, a surprising cause, which was my hair care products. And, you know, this wasn't the only cause of my acne, but it was pretty major contributor. And, you know, as a dermatologist, it kind of diminishes your credibility if you're, if you've got a ton of acne. So I'm like, what's going on here? 
At the time, I was working at Children's, running the laser program, treating babies and kids with disfiguring birthmarks and scars. But I was also spent four years formulating hair products that could be good for the skin. So I am the founder of Scene, which is a good for skin hair care line. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, dermatologists are people too, and we still get skin conditions just like everyone else. This is so true. And we are human and we get skin conditions for sure. So how's your acne now, Dr. Rubin? (laughs) It is clear. I'm not saying that hair care products are the cause of acne for everyone, but I do actually think that they are a very underrecognized contributor that even as dermatologists, you know, we both studied at Harvard. There just wasn't much talked about the impact of hair care on the skin. And so when I was having this experience, We actually did a study and showed that hair care products can leave a residue on the skin for hours and even rinse off products like shampoo and conditioner. And it it makes sense because hair products are really designed to bind to your hair to work unless it's a baby shampoo, but then they, they leave this residue invisible film on your skin. And the reason that matters is it can clog pores, cause irritation. And we actually published this finding in, in the journal Drugs in Dermatology. Very cool. Yeah. You know, acne has so many causes, right? And many, many different reasons. And why you may get acne at 16 is very different from why you might be getting acne in your 30s. So hair care products definitely can cause acne. And I think it's great that you are out there educating people and also creating a product to help combat that. You know, our brand is called Seen. And if you're like me, if you're broken out, you you don't want to be seen, or at least you're partially hiding. And so it's just all about having people make choices that are better for them. And I think anyone who's acne prone, which really is pretty much every teenager and almost every adult woman these days, it's just about making a smart choice. So I don't think most would knowingly bathe in pore clogging ingredients every day with their hair products running down their their scalp, their face, their body, but, but it does happen. So I think all hair products will move in this direction in the future. Like, People shouldn't have to choose between having beautiful hair and healthy skin. It was interesting. We, we basically designed Scene to be optimized for the skin and started seeing all these benefits for a variety of other conditions, um, including people with sun skin, with dry, flaky scalp. Even there was actually a study that we did at Harvard, a six-month study in women with female pattern hair loss. And they were given our fragrance-free Scene shampoo and conditioner to use for six months. It was a randomized study. And after six months, there was 44% less hair shedding in the scene group. You know, it just turns out when you optimize hair care for the skin, you get all these benefits and, you know, for the skin, but also for the hair, because that's where, you know, your scalp is where your hair is made. And if that's healthy, you get healthier hair as well. Absolutely. So what should people be looking for with their hair care products, or let's start with shampoo, for instance. Are there specific ingredients or things to be looking for or things to avoid? If someone has acne, you don't want to be putting something that clogs your pores on your head because it's going to end up on your skin. But the trick is it's not as simple as avoiding like ingredient ABC because the way ingredients combine and the amount of ingredients matters. And, you know, there was a study published showing that it's really about testing the finished formula that matters. So there's a few hair products that are tested to be non-comedogenic, which means won't clog your pores. 
But, you know, some ingredients, you know, that I see that are potentially highly comedogenic are coconut oil is, is definitely one of them. You know, there's certain like, you know, heavy waxes, not all oils are comedogenic, but, you know, I would say if you have to like look for one, it would probably be coconut oil. And then if you've got sensitive skin or eczema, looking for fragrance-free products and avoiding some of the preservatives that are highly allergenic, like MI and MCI, methyl isothiazolinone and methyl chloroisothiazolinone. Those are some, just some to look for. So that's really interesting about coconut oil because I feel like I scroll through Instagram or I walk through the drugstore and it seems like coconut oil is everywhere and really promoted as a hair care product, but you're saying it's actually comedogenic and maybe something to avoid. Yeah, that was just an easy one to put out there. But again, like the threshold matters. So um, it is considered highly comedogenic, but the way the formula comes together matters. So if you're lucky enough to, to find a product that says non-comedogenic, great. But if you're acne prone, yeah, coconut oil is definitely one to avoid. And it really isn't a ton of products. My twin sister just went to the salon and had a conditioning treatment. And she's actually traveling in Boston. She's like, I can't even put my glasses on. I have this huge pimple on my nose. Why did I do that conditioning treatment? So I think I think it's like, a much more common scenario than people realize of acne and um, the skin. You know, another one that's potentially highly comedogenic is, is cocoa butter. There's quite a number of them. And then there's sneaky ingredients like Loreth 4. I wish it was as easy as a list. Do shampoo products typically, I, I know skincare products will say things like non-comedogenic, but do hair products list that? Not typically, but I think they should. In my view as a dermatologist, if you use a hair product and it can get on your skin and leave a residue for hours, in my view, that makes it skincare. You know, it'll be interesting to see if more hair products go in this direction, but it's not common to see it. The other testing that we put seen products through is repeat insult patch testing, because again, this residue can have irritants and, and allergens. And, and that's not something you commonly see on hair products, non-irritating or safe for sensitive skin. But I think that it really should be considered for hair products. And I guess the other thing I'll say for people who have sensitive skin and eczema, many may be sensitive to fragrance. And it's really hard to find a fragrance-free product that leaves your hair looking great. And the reason it took us over four years to launch Scene is because it just had to be amazing hair care on its own. And, you know, we've won, I don't know how many beauty awards, at least 12. That's really important because you don't want to have to use hair product that's going to make your hair look like straw if you have a fragrance sensitivity. And also you don't want a hair care product that's great for your skin, but terrible, you know, makes your hair look terrible. So it's definitely a balance. And I bet a lot of people don't really associate what they put on their hair affecting their skin, but it really can. Yeah. You know, we did a, a, an acne study because I was curious, okay, is this just me? Like, is this a broader problem? And we gave 27 people with mild to moderate acne seen to use for eight weeks. It was a dermatologist graded study. At eight weeks, 70% with body acne had improved and 52% with face acne. So I think it's more common of an issue. And again, to me, it's just about like the consumer. It reminds me of like when food was cleaned up, like we didn't know all this junk that was in our food, you know, and now people, you know, have a choice. Like if you Oreos or if you go get an organic smoothie, like, you know what you're picking. So it's just more about just like educating people to, to make the choice that's right for them. What do you think about sulfates in shampoo? We went sulfate-free at scene. And I think the reason is sulfates are, so they're a surfactant, they're a cleansing agent. 
I will say one thing. I believe a shampoo needs to have a cleansing agent in it. There was a movement with some hair care products that did not have a cleansing agent. And I don't believe in that at all. I think the health of the follicle requires some surfactant. I'm not saying all sulfates are bad, but they are more harsh. They can dry out the skin. They can be an irritant. Some people think they can contribute to comedogenicity. And also, you know, they can cause color to fade more quickly and dry out the hair. So they're just a harsher, potentially more irritating surfactant. So that's why we chose to remove them. Just like with washing your face, right? You do need to use a cleanser, but you want to make sure it's not one that's going to just strip your skin of all the oils and be overly drying and overly harsh. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's all about balance. I think everything comes back to balance, you know? So there are just, there are better choices. But interestingly, some of the sulfate-free surfactants, like one thing that we don't use at scene is cocomidopropyl betaine because that has a um, pretty significant allergy rate. It's unclear if it's the ingredient itself or contaminants, but you know, there can be like, sometimes when you say, oh, one ingredient's bad, then all these other ingredients come up and it doesn't necessarily like make them better. So, you know, we, we also have to avoid that particular ingredient because of a fair number of people with allergies. When you mention allergies, are you talking about an allergic contact dermatitis, which is basically an itchy rash? Yes, yes. A contact dermatitis, which can present as itching, flaking, redness, absolutely like a skin, a skin allergy. Now, does your hair care line, does that also extend into skincare products as well? It's it's amazing to me, actually, how many people tell us that seeing is like life-changing or game-changing. And they say, all along, I thought my skin was the problem when it was my products. I believe that in many cases, people use more products than they need to. And they're just layering on products to address an issue that sometimes another product is creating. The most magical part about seeing is time. So I have three kids. Like I was getting ready for this podcast. I'm like, do I like, you know, I wasn't sure if there was any video component. I think you said no. I was like, do I get, do I get ready or do I exercise? Like, it's always like this trade-off with time, you know, having three kids and a job. And so I feel like just having the right products and, you know, for seeing, I, I view it as hair care and skincare in one. And you just, you don't need that many to optimize your, your hair and skin, in my opinion. Totally agree. And and to your point, I think it backfires on them because they end up damaging their skin or causing more problems. And then they try to add on another product to fix the problem that another product caused. Again, I'm I'm a big proponent of of less is more and using quality, good, scientifically tested and backed products instead of using a lot of things that have questionable value or benefit. We had so many people telling us, like, my skin is finally calm, you know, my back acne is improved, like, what should I use on my face? What should I use on my body? So we did launch a body wash. It, it, in fact, our fragrance-free body wash just won a GQ award, which was exciting. And then we also launched a face wash, which has squalene in it, which I love because it's hydrating and gentle. Scene, we, we launched about four years ago and we're always developing new products, but we, we, we did just launch Scene Skin a few months ago. Well, it just seems like a natural transition for a dermatologist who's interested in hair care and skincare to then move also into fully skincare. So that's really awesome to hear. And I, I think some people may not realize that dermatologists, we don't just take care of the skin, which is our largest organ and super important, but we also take care of all these things we call adnexal structures. So 
dermatologists really are experts and also hair and nails as well. And I think people don't always make that association. And it's great that we've got smart dermatologists like you out there <laughs> helping us uh, with our, our hair and skin products. Dr. Mean, I appreciate that so much. And I think you're totally spot on. And to me, it's like a little crazy that there's no other dermatologist created hair care because your scalp and your hair follicles are the manufacturing plant for your hair. The fact that dermatologists haven't to date optimized hair products for the scalp, it just makes sense that that, that would happen because a healthy scalp will give you healthy hair. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, dermatologists are 100% you know, the experts on hair and nails, and I think that's a really important message to get out there. How often should people be washing their hair? Some people need to wash daily. And I know, I know that there's some guidance out there that if you have oily hair, if you wash your hair less often, you can train your scalp to produce less oil. I'm not yet totally convinced that's true. I think some people do need to wash their hair every day. And then I think some people need to wash it less often. I wash my hair once or twice a week. It just really depends on your scalp oiliness. It depends on your hair texture. You know, I've got curly, actually very frizzy hair naturally. But I think the main message I would say is that it is important to wash your hair. I think just layering on dry shampoo or, you know, using products without a surfactant, I don't believe that that's healthy for your follicles and for your scalp. Each person is going to have a different answer and need. I actually wash my hair like you about once or twice a week, but my hair has also changed since having children. There's more texture to it, but it is very uh, variable and it really depends on your hair your hair texture, if it's fine, oily, and all of that. Absolutely. I think, you know, signs that you need to wash your hair, like, you know, if, you're, if it, your hair starts to get out, scalp starts to feel a little itchy, you know, you know, if it's just like very oily, like, I think people know, you know, when it's time to wash their hair. But yeah, it's very individual. Yeah. And with the advent of dry shampoo, I know I push the limits sometimes, but it is important to get a nice, good, thorough cleansing. And to your point, with a surfactant to really clean those hair follicles and, and get all the oil and, and grime out of there. Yeah. I think periodic dry shampoo, you know, is fine, but just like it's not a substitute for washing your hair also. Absolutely. What about keratin treated hair? Are your products okay for that type of hair? They are keratin safe and they're color safe. I would love to get a keratin treatment. I have a twin sister who I've referenced a few times. She's had a few keratin treatments, but there have been some concerning reports recently, you know, about hair straightening and, and health concerns, and especially the ones with formaldehyde that are a known human carcinogen. Yeah, I'm not aware of those reports. Like there was a, a, a report that showed women who use hair straighteners may have a higher risk of uterine cancer. There's also a question about a link to breast cancer. I, I don't think that these are definitive, but they raise a question. And certainly formaldehyde, you know, as I said, is a known human carcinogen. Yeah. And I, I wonder if they looked at like hair stylists, because I know it, it certainly smells when they do your keratin treatment and they put that hot iron on it. But yeah, I would be interested if they actually looked at the hair stylists themselves who are probably exposed to it significantly more than someone who goes in maybe once a year or twice a year. No, that's a really good point. Um, I, I don't know if I've seen anything on that, but certainly like safety for stylists is so important. 
All right. Well, Dr. Rubin, it would be really awesome if you could also come up with a hair product that would keep my color longer and prevent gray hair. Any developments on the horizon for that? You know what? So it's so the same study that, that said that straighteners could increase breast cancer risk did actually also include permanent hair dye. So I'm I'm in the same boat. I've actually talked to some like of my, you know, our colleagues at Harvard about some interesting approaches to hair dye. And there are a few products out there that claim to basically gray reverse. So, you know, if you if you have like a salt and pepper where you still have some melanin being produced that, that they can um have the hair follicles produce more melanin. So we've looked at it a little, but, and there are some products out there on the market. I don't know how well they work, but I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, if we can reduce, cause that's another thing to me that comes down to like it's health, but it's also time, like the time to dye my hair. I'm like, I don't want to go, you know, spend an hour or two in the salon. So that's my very long answer to, we, we've thought about it. We don't have anything immediate in the pipeline, but we may have to revisit that. Yeah, time and money for sure. Although I w- I will say I think the acceptance of gray hair especially in women has really come around even in the last several years. So I think that's kind of cool to see more acceptance of all hair colors just like we're seeing more acceptance and representation of skin types in advertising, marketing, media, things like that. So who knows, maybe gray will be the popular hair color even in five or 10 years. I wish I could embrace my gray more. I really do. But I think we are seeing more, you know, gray hair models. And I think that's a really important point. Yes, I I would love to just let myself go gray, but I'm I'm not quite ready for that. Well, Dr. Rubin, this has been a lot of fun and really educational for me. I've learned a ton and I can't wait to actually try out some of your your hair products. Sounds really, really interesting. Where can our listeners, if they want to follow you or learn more about your products, where can they find you? Two places to find Scene are our website. It's hellocene.com. We're also in Ulta stores and on Ulta.com. And our Instagram is at Scene Skin and Hair. And I'm happy if anyone has questions, feel free to email me, happy to answer questions. So it's just my name, Iris, I pronounce it Aris, at hellocene.com. Yeah, and that I will add that in the show notes. And Scene is S-E-E-N for everyone listening. Thank you so much for being here. And I really enjoyed this talk. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Dr. Mina. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.